It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free top of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that cabbage out of here. Uh-huh. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 912. Locked on Raptors for Friday, March the 26th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. And you can find the show at Locked on Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. Also, please make sure you're checking out the entirety of the Locked on Podcast Network. Lots of NBA trade deadline reaction going around. We had uh, we have our Locked on MLB preview series going as of Friday. We've got the AL West going strong. Go hear about Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and the dastardly Houston Astros and a whole bunch more. Over on that, uh, part three of a six-part division preview series, it's all going on in the Locked On Network right now, and uh, we appreciate your support. Okay, on today's show, you may sense there's a relaxed tone in my voice, I'm feeling pretty good as we record on uh, Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, I'm moving into my second beer of the afternoon, as things have calmed down finally after probably the most stressful trade deadline I can remember in recent Raptors history, and joining me to break down Kyle Lowry staying with the Raptors, Norman Powell leaving the Raptors, as well as Matt Thomas and Terrence Davis getting dealt away too, is our pal, I, no one else I'd want on this podcast, it's family baby, it's Vivek Jacob, what's going on man? No, oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> it's like on uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, when you know they have the wonderful <laughs> guests the entire season, you get the celebrity guests, but for the final finale, it's just family, it's just Ross, Carson, Michelle, and RuPaul, and uh, I guess that makes you, I like I it. you can be the Michelle Visage if you want, you can be the Ross Matthews, the Carson sure. Cressley, whoever you want, you can be that person, but you're one of them. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> it's going good, it's going, it, this was like a different type of stress, and I'm thinking back to, 
you know, maybe the most stressful one before this was 2019 mm. and the championship run where the arms race. Yeah, exactly. The arms race and then the Bucks make the move for Nikola Mertic and everyone's kind of like, oh, what are the Raptors going to do? And then they get Marc Gasol at the buzzer. And this one was different in that it's like one is, like you said, the arms race and you're trying to go all in to get this chip. And now this one, you're like desperately clinging on (laughs) to what's left of the We the North era, right? And Kyle Lowry and... I'm glad the Raptors stuck to their guns and Masai and Bobby, if they feel like they couldn't get fair value for Kyle Lowry, uh, they didn't need to be sellers. I thought, you know, I, I've said this a few times now on this pod, I thought something needed to change with this roster. And obviously they made some uh, changes to the back end of the rotation. But I think oh, all in all, um, it's going to be interesting to see oh, what happens in the offseason. I think that's my biggest takeaway. I know mm. that's what you usually ask me. My biggest takeaway is in terms of evaluating all this, I don't think you can really do it until the offseason. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, we'll get into the offseason ramifications, I'm sure, when we talk about Gary Trent. But also the Kyle Lowry stuff certainly has a lot of offseason implications as well. Uh, let's start with Kyle. Uh, obviously, we'll get to Norm. We'll get to the rest of the deals in a little bit here. But Nor- Kyle is the big story. He does not get traded. It seemed... Like it was going to happen right up to the deadline. You know, the Raptors are moving out bodies. It seems like they're creating space for uh, potentially a big multi-part trade Uh, for Kyle. Obviously, we're going to probably, it was going to probably require a lot of bodies coming back because of the salary matching and all that stuff. Uh, Doesn't end up happening. The Heat go with Victor Oladipo. When the Oladipo thing happened, I think I could relax a little bit. Uh, That came in just after the buzzer, and it seemed to rule Miami out of the Kyle Lowry sweepstakes. They get their fallback for Kelly Olynyk and Avery Bradley, and the Rockets continue to be a fucking clown show. Uh, The... Raptors, uh, you know, it seemed like they were in talks with the Sixers for a bit. Then the Sixers got George Hill. That kind of stopped that talk a little bit, despite Michael Grange reporting early on in the day that they were on the one-yard line with Philly, and then <laughs> things fell apart. Uh, the Lakers were, for some reason, thrown around as a potential. It really feels like it was a leverage thing more than anything else because that trade package that was being thrown around of, like, Dennis Schroeder and, uh, you know, not Taylor KCP. Horton Tucker. Yeah, KCP and not Taylor Horton Tucker because... The Lakers would not part with him. Uh, that did not do anything for me whatsoever. And so glad the Raptors, like you said, stuck to their guns. And as I maintain along, they didn't have to trade Kyle Lowry. They didn't have to go out of their way to move him just to move him. If they were yeah. going to get some crazy offer where they're getting two firsts and they're getting both Maxi and Thibel, then okay, I can get myself on board with that. But if it's going to be a poo-poo platter of dudes other teams are eager to trade and not including the dudes they didn't want to trade, like, no, there's no reason to do it. Kyle Lowry's still good. He has value to the team still as a guy who they'll have bird rights on in the summer. And also, if he walks, that creates a ton of cap space for the Raptors to use as well. There's just a lot of good out of keeping Kyle Lowry here. And some of the, you know... The asset management types after the the deal didn't go down. Oh, the Raptors are going to get nothing from Kyle for Kyle Lowry. Well, they got lots from from Kyle Lowry. Don't you worry. Look at the last eight years; they've gotten plenty. And uh, shout out to Dan Devine of the Ringer. I, I just his piece talking about how hanging on to your legends is kind of a cool thing. I agree, and I'm glad they ended up doing it. Um, you know, for you, Vivek, what were you? What was your sort of thought process? What would have been enough if you? Uh, I, we don't really know, but like, had Miami or 
the Lakers ponied up either Hero, which seemed kind of unlikely the entire time, or Horton Tucker, who seems a little more bizarre that the Lakers reportedly would have been having him as a deal breaker in the in the in the trade talks. Uh, what was your sort of thought process going up? Did you expect it to happen? Uh, did you think that one of these teams would get desperate and just say screw it, we got to do it to get Kyle Lowry? Um, what was your overall reaction to the way things transpired on deadline day? I always leaned towards Philly because I thought they were the team that needed Lowry the most. Yeah. When I look at Miami, I think from their perspective, they could always make the case that, hey, we have cap space in the offseason. We don't need to, you know, give up too much when we can make a push for him in the offseason. And especially considering they had a plan B in Victor Oladipo where you can just say, okay, we'll see what he gives us over this stretch run and evaluate after that whether, hey, do do we like Oladipo? Do we maybe want to go for Kyle at that point? I think that option maybe uh, allowed them to hold their ground as well. And so with Pat Riley probably looking at it saying, yeah, we don't need to give up a Tyler Harrow here. I can understand their perspective there. If the Raptors were getting Tyler Harrow and, you know, if they were getting Precious, Precious Ochoa, uh, I think that's something that, that would have been worth considering, uh, plus plus the picks. It, in the end, uh, you know, I, I, I just don't think the timelines in terms of what teams were looking to accomplish matched. The only one that came closest was Philly. And I, I am surprised that they backed out as soon as they did and moved yeah. on to George Hill. I, I thought they would have stayed in the running and made the real push. I, I think, especially knowing what we know about Daryl Morey, right? I think yeah. some of that has been thrown off course, like with the stuff he said about, you know, if you have a 5% shot at a championship, you go for it. And he's the one who's always talked about the arms race. So I really thought that Philly would have been the one to have a real go at it. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a little surprised uh, to see that Lowry is still a Raptor, but pleasantly surprised for sure. Yeah, I am. Uh, I don't know if I'm surprised. I thought all along that. I mean, not to pat myself on the back or anything, but I did predict predict at the start of the week Norm would get traded and Kyle would not, because uh, <laughs> I, I think the Raptors were just not going to part with Kyle for anything but a team's best offer. And yeah, I'm surprised Philly didn't go all the way, or at least uh, you know, 75 percent of the way. If we're talking about two first plus Thibel plus Maxi as sort of the four guys they were targeting, I thought maybe you could get three of those guys. And if you got three, I think you probably do it. But um, clearly they didn't. And I thought even you. with I thought even with missing out on Harden, that might have pushed them uh, a little bit more to yeah. get this done. Yeah, because I, I mean I think from a basketball standpoint, the fit is is just too obvious. You put Kyle Lowry next to Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. You realistically, I, I know Daryl Morey says he likes the team as is, but realistically, I I don't think I think they would go into a series against the Brooklyn Nets as underdogs. And if they were to get Kyle Lowry, I think that would have evened up that matchup a lot more. Yeah, I think the Nets and also the Bucks kind of benefit from this because I think Lowry would have made the Sixers, if not favorites, I think co-favorites with Brooklyn. And like mm-hmm. the geometry of that team would have made a ton of sense. And now, I mean, George Hill's nice. He helps them. He gives them something they kind of need, but he's kind of old and he's not George. He's not Kyle Lowry. And right. I kind of think they're maybe a little bit behind where the Bucks and Nets are. And that's not... Our problem, and ha ha ha. Uh, in terms of what this means going forward for the Raptors, obviously, you know, the great part is you get to watch Kyle Lowry play for the basketball team you like more often. Uh, what is it, 20, 28 games left, something like that? That's fun. Mm-hmm. I look forward to watching all 28 of those games. And honestly, there's a chance here 
for a little bit of kind of gravy-ish fun, I know, look, you, you want the Raptors to not be 18 and 26. It'd be better if they were in a better spot. But I think now, whatever happens, I'm kind of content with. Either they make a fun little run and get into a play-in game and get some playoff action and all that and have the, the sort of fun of a knockout tournament and becoming one of those teams that nobody wants to play in a knockout tournament or in the playoffs. Or you continue to kind of mosey along, lose some games, but get to watch Kyle put up milestones and get yourself a pretty high pick. And I think they're going to have a decent pick no matter what. Like, it feels like it's going to be at the very least in the top 18 or something like that. And in this draft, that could be really, really valuable. And, you know, you get to the offseason, I guess, what do you think? And it's hard to know. You know, Kyle seemed to want some sort of indication from whatever team was going to get him that they would sign him for beyond this year. Obviously, he didn't get traded. I wonder if maybe that comes with some sort of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, we're going to take care of you in the summer, Kyle. Two years, 50 million, something like that. Um, right. Well, what would you expect is the most likely outcome for Kyle? And is there really even like, obviously, it's a downside if he leaves because Kyle is awesome. But also, if he leaves, it opens up a whole new range of possibilities that, uh, you know, the Raptors could throw offer sheets at guys. They could uh, absorb a big contract into their space with the trade uh, and not have to send a ton of salary going out not that they have a ton of assets but if they want to trade their first or something and a trade is on the table then that's an option there too uh how do you feel about the options going forward here for the raptors and lowry yeah there's decent flexibility i mean if lowry does decide to move on i still think you know with his legacy cemented i i do think in the offseason his priority will be his best opportunity to win a championship mm-hmm. and so uh, a team that is able to offer that i i wouldn't expect the Raptors to be able to line up with that uh, this offseason. So I, I do think it's still coming to an end eventually. But the flexibility now with, with moving Norman Powell and Gar- getting Gary Trent Jr. in, and obviously Rodney Hood, that the next year is a team option. So uh, there's flexibility there. Um, I think you look at a guy like Rashawn Holmes, you know, I think that's maybe a little bit underplayed now because it came in late last night and no one really talked about it but the king's trade uh getting delon right yeah it actually lowers the money that they can give to rashawn holmes Mm -hmm. and so i think that's a little wrinkle that could prove interesting for the raptors uh if they decide to go after him if they have the cap space if they move on from kyle lowry and so I think that's someone that should be near the top of the list for the Raptors, especially when you look at their needs right now. And I, I think he'd be a great fit. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that opens up. Yeah, if Lowry walks, I mean, they can throw money at Holmes. They could throw money at Lonzo Ball. They could throw money at John Collins, although the Hawks might be inclined to match at this point. Uh, Jared Allen, uh, our friend Joe Wolfon, threw out the suggestion too, although, again, the Cavs might be incentivized to try to match him too. They have the options there to go big fish hunting, at least you know big fish as it comes to RFAs, which is kind of cool. Um, and, yeah, if Lowry stays, I mean, you run it back with Lowry, Trent, Fred, uh, Siakam, OG, your first round pick, Malachi Flynn, Chris Boucher, maybe you pick up the option on Bembry, and you and you maybe pick up the option on Hood even if he shows something in this final part of the season here, and you say, hey, like yeah, maybe we can flip him next year or something like that. Um, you know, I, I think you could talk yourself into that team being pretty damn good, as I've kind of said a whole bunch. You know, back in normal circumstances, playing in Toronto. I think that's a, a good team that is where you typically want the Raptors to be. 
fighting for home court in the first round, maybe even a shoe-in for fourth or something in the Eastern Conference once things are back to normal if you do bring Kyle back. And then you can kind of do the whole rigmarole again. If you have Kyle for a two-year contract, you know, two years from now, maybe there's the whole you flip him for something then or whatever, and we go through this hell again. Um, overall, very glad Kyle's not going anywhere. He, you know, I just don't think it was worth the squeeze to depart uh, or to part ways with your franchise icon for peanuts if teams weren't going to come up with their best offers and my favorite part of this deadline was all these teams are really mad at the raptors because they're not just giving in to these garbagey offers and it's like yeah (laughs) fuck yeah that's great (laughs) you love to see it Um, did you forget that they were negotiating with masai and bobby like (laughs) yeah yeah it's like oh pat riley's staring yeah okay pat riley i don't think masai's scared of pat riley and his old ass i don't think it's uh, a thing he's worried about um anyway we'll have plenty of time to enjoy kyle lowry glad we're not doing a eulogy episode today thank god um but we do have to say goodbye to norman powell who is now a member of the portland trailblazers we're going to get to that and dive into the gary trent acquisition in just a second but first i want to tell you about our friends over at betonline.ag the number one place to bet on all your favorite sports action uh football is over but the college basketball tournament is back going on friday i think the sweet 16 i guess is what they're on right now you've got the nhl every night you've got the uh, major league baseball season getting going very soon here as well you can bet on futures there you can also bet on awards tv shows reality tv greek basketball anything under the sun with real-time updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up just head over to betonline.ag use the promo code locked on and get 50% and a welcome bonus for your first deposit. So you put in 100 bucks, you get 150 bucks to play with the code locked on. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, we're going to continue on here. Just a heads up, you're hearing this podcast early Friday morning, possibly. We recorded it. Uh, I'm proposing it like midnight, so it gets up as early as possible. 2.30 Eastern time on Friday. Myself, Big V himself, and... Uh, Katie Heindel, we're going to do a locker room uh, at 2.30 on the locker room app. Download the app if you have an iOS device. Join us in there, and we'll take your questions, shoot the shit, and have some fun talking about the Raptors, Gary Trent, Kyle Lowry, and more. So stay tuned for that. All right, Vivek, the Toronto Raptors traded Norman Powell to the Portland Trailblazers in return. They get Gary Trent Jr., who's a pending RFA, and Rodney Hood, who, as you said, has an option for next year at $10 million. Uh, they get a little look at him to close the season here. Maybe they bring him back. Maybe they don't. Who cares? It's uh, He's kind of not the, the main attraction in this deal. Rodney Hood, sadly, through no fault of his own, through Achilles injuries and whatnot, is just kind of a shell of his old self. But Gary Trent's mm-hmm. the highlight here. First off, Norm, 
and we, we did a bit of a eulogy uh, with Katie, I believe, or we've talked about Norm a lot this week, but really uh, it, hit the, it hit you in the guts, I think, when you saw Norm was being traded to the Blazers. I think it's a great fit for him. I think he's going to be a nice third guard next to CJ and Dame. Uh, they gives them someone to kind of run their bench units as well and an extra person with the ball in their hands. They basically are a two-man show when it comes to guys who can dribble. So uh, that's a nice little pickup for them. I think Norm's going to fit in quite well there. Maybe they pay it, maybe they don't, and it's just a rental. But it's uh, let's say this. I think this deal for a UCLA two-guard will go much better than their Aaron Aflalo deal did. Uh, let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that said, maybe Gary Trent becomes the Raptors' Will Barton, which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Um, thoughts on the trade? Did you like the trade? Do you think it's uh, a fair return? Were you surprised there were no picks involved? Uh, what were your overall takeaways from the deal? Uh, my overall takeaway is, again, it just kind of gave us a, a bit of a peek into what the Raptors are trying to accomplish. And so it looked like flexibility was a priority and almost in some ways resetting the clock. And so by trading Norm for someone who is younger, uh, you know, obviously doesn't have the ability to create a shot the way Norman Powell can, but uh, can shoot the three, uh, can defend. And I, I think with those traits, I think they were like, hey, okay, we can reset the clock here a little bit and, you know, financially maintain the flexibility and we can just see how this goes. So uh, in terms of that, you know, I, I think it's a good deal. Uh, you know, the one thing I do look at overall, I would have liked if if they knew that Kyle was, if, if Kyle being a Raptor was going to be a possibility, I would have liked them to uh, address the center position. Right. And... Uh, so that's something they didn't do. So that's something I do look at and say, you know, why why wasn't anything found there? Maybe they tried and maybe, you know, what they wanted uh, couldn't be ac- uh, accomplished. And maybe there's something that they're eyeing in the buyout market. Who knows? But... Drummond, baby! <laughs> <laughs> but for now, I think that's, that's the only thing that kind of stuck out. It's like, okay, uh, you get another guard there. Maybe, you know, that center doesn't get addressed properly till the off season and so you you get what you can at a guard spot mm-hmm. yeah i um i like the deal i i don't i'm not upset by the lack of a pick i i was surprised that the deal came down as early as it did like just after noon because i figured with as many teams involved as was reported it felt like maybe they just wait until three and just take the best offer but i guess they got something they liked mm-hmm. from portland we're like all right cool we'll go with it and yeah, you say it's like the resetting of the clock, but it's not like a full reset. You get a guy who's two years into his career and is good now, which I think is really important because the guys you have as your core are not on their rookie deals. Like you don't have control over them for a very long time. The next three years here are going to be super important to, you know, figuring out a what Pascal, Fred and all that can do as a team and b like convincing them to stay beyond that. Right. Like you're always on a clock when you're in the NBA. And I think just sort yeah. of resetting to get picks. I mean, picks, you hope, become a 22-year-old dude who can shoot 40% from three and defend at two wing positions, right? Like, And that's what they got. Mm-hmm. So I have no problem with it not being a pick, especially if it was going to be like a lower distant or protected pick. You get a guy who, yes, he's going to become more expensive than your typical draft pick, but he's also 22 years old and is going to get better. I was talking to Mike Richmond, who I'm actually going to do a special bonus episode with you here on Saturday. Uh, he's the host of Locked On Blazers. And you know, he said in our chat, like, you know, Trent could be better than Powell as early as next year, which is really nice. And I know I came into the week sort of thinking, all right, if the Raptors do one thing this week, I hope they kind of have an idea of who their number four guy is going to be. 
And I don't know if Trent's going to be that. That might be a little bit too ambitious, but he's a good 3 and D player already. He's an effective player who can have on the floor when things matter. And if he gets better, if he comes better than Norm, like, shit, that's a pretty good fourth man right there that you're going to pay less money to than Fred in the offseason, theoretically. I know there's always concern about RFA, but the thing is, and this also applies to Lowry as well when it comes to cap space around the league, it's kind of a misconception that there's like this crazy amount of cap space around the league. There's like six teams that are going to have a ton of room. And other than that, <laughs> it's not going to be all that robust in terms of teams that are willing to throw a lot of money around. And uh, there are probably four or five RFAs out there who are more likely to get an offer sheet than Gary Trent, too. So I know we turned down like 14 million bucks with the Blazers at the start of this season. And maybe that's caused some alarm bells. But like considering the market and considering that the Raptors can offer him, you know, four years or whatever it might be, if they can get him in for four years, 55, four years, 60, even at the high end, I don't think that's a bad bit of business. And I think, you, again, you saved the money. And the big thing is the cap hold, too because of the cap hold being like $15 million less than norms, that's going to give you a ton of flexibility to do stuff before you sign Trent back to the team, presumably, if that's what you end up doing in the offseason. So it, the flexibility is really nice. The fact that Trent could become a better version of norm over the next couple years here is really intriguing. Obviously, he doesn't have the same off-the-bounce juice, but you make that back with the defense, and the three-point shooting is kind of a wash, which is nice. I think it's a nice bit of business. And it also opens up the possibility to find that fourth guy via free agency like we're talking about. Uh, and maybe they just say, hey, Kyle is a fine fourth guy for now, and then we figure the fourth guy thing out later. But I think they've done a really good job of kind of having optionality and finding a guy who can pretty much replicate what Norm does. I was really concerned. And look, he doesn't replicate everything. And in particular, I think the, the lineups in between where Norm would typically be the one or two and kind of run the show – those lineups are probably going to struggle a little bit here. You might have to put more on Fred Van Vliet. There might be more of a call of Malachi Flynn trying to sort of take over and run those lineups, which might be a little bit unfair. But hey, you're 11th in the East. Development's not the worst thing in the world, so give it a shot. But I think, you know, Trent fits like a glove in the small ball starting five. He can fit in a starting five where you have a real center potentially. Uh, and, and Kyle's moved on down the line. Uh, I think he fits really, really nicely. And. Um, again, my big concern was, can you find any sort of replacement for, for Norm? And I didn't even think of Gary Trent really as like a potential guy. And so I'll, I'll cop to being wrong there again. He's not Norm right now, but he could be in the next couple of years, which is not a bad thing to have at all. Uh, and then you get Rodney Hood again, we'll see what happens there. And if he can kind of recapture some of the old glory in the final part of the season here at the very least though, big V He's better than what they've had on the wing so far this season, I would think, in terms of bench guys coming in and stinking it up. Would you agree with that? I mean, he should be able to get some points. I mean, we'll see if uh, what his health looks like. Yeah. I mean, that's always been the big question mark. And I, I mean, I, I don't see a long-term future for him with the Raptors. And with Trent, you know, I like him as a player. And I completely understand the theory of him being a better overall player than Norman Powell. But I do wonder about the fit, and I do want to see some games. And uh, the shot creation that Norm provided mm -hmm. alongside a Fred and a Pascal and an OG, like Gary Trent's inability to do that, I think that is going to be something uh, that we're going to have to watch and, mm -hmm. and see how much that impacts their offense. Uh, because I do think, you know, the, the way the Raptors are constructed, like shot creation is a weak point and 
especially you know if this team makes the playoffs, it's going to be even more of a glaring weakness now. And so that that is something I look at where yeah, theoretically Gary Trent could be the better player, but in terms of the fit, uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, where Trent can take his game. Yeah, I mean that was why I was totally okay with bringing Norm back because his scoring did really fit nicely between Fred. Pascal and OG and like I think even offered more value to the Raptors than it would to most teams because of Mm -hmm. the sort of tendency for those main three guys to get caught up with bad half-court offense and look those guys might improve they'll get better they'll get more comfortable uh and maybe becomes less of a burden and less of a need to have that fourth guy who can create their own stuff but again you can go and maybe look around in the offseason and something like that too and find another scoring type who can come in and offer some of that creation um, you know, like I said, I, I would have been totally okay and content with Norm coming back. It was not a problem <laughs> to me, but as far as guys to replace, reset the clock, and give you more flexibility going forward, I think Trent's is about as good as he could have done. Because um, I, I think, you know, it's a little, a little bit of an in-between thing, right? You don't want a guy who's going to cost you the same amount as Norm because what are you doing? You're not really getting yourself yeah. all that much more flexibility, but you also don't want to get only futures and hypothetical prospects. So. Good little happy medium for the Raptors on this one, I think. Goodbye, Norm. I'll probably do some sort of Norm appreciation episode sometime next week just because uh, he's the dude, man. You've got to love Norman Powell. But for now, we'll leave it there. Uh, we're going to talk coming up in just a sec about Matt Thomas, Terrence Davis, no longer members of your Toronto Raptors. I feel very bad for Alex Wong when it comes to Matt Thomas. Uh, glad that he got the support he needed on Twitter after the deal happened. Uh, we will <laughs> get to those moves and a couple second round picks being added to the Raptors cachet coming up. Cash, cachet, cash bucket. I don't know. Whatever the hell you store picks in. Uh, that is what the Raptors have. Now we will get to that in just one second but first let me tell you about our friends over at built bar the best tasting protein bar in the world and they are awesome they're low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber and amazing tasting covered in 100 chocolate and now is time to find out which built bar is the best it's built bar madness and you can go and vote every single day for the matchup of the day over at builtbar.com or twitter at bar underscore built you can follow there and vote and follow along there too Remember when you go to the site to use the promo code LOCKED15, and when you do so, you get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com, and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. My money is still on uh, Lemon Almond Cheesecake and Mint Brownie. I'm not sure if Lemon Almond Cheesecake won its matchup earlier this week, but I hope it did. And if you do use that promo code LOCKED15, I highly recommend getting yourself some Lemon Almond Cheesecake because, man, those things rock. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. 
All right, Big V, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, just a heads up. Like mm-hmm. I said, Saturday, we've got a special bonus episode with Mike Richmond of Locked On Blazers. We're going to talk Trent, Powell, Hood, all that good stuff. Trent's many photo shoots. Uh, he seems like a really cool dude. I'm looking forward to Gary Trent. Also, shout out to him having a dad who played for the Raptors for like eight games and was part of the Damon Stoudemire trade way back in the day. Always fun to get... Uh, in the city where all of the best athletes are apparently the children of former pros in their leagues, it's nice to uh, <laughs> to have Gary Trent joining the Vlad, Kevin, uh, Bo Bichette ranks, uh, and William Nylander <laughs> as well. It's all good times. Um, but let's pivot our attention to Matt Thomas, Terrence Davis, no longer members of your Toronto Raptors. I thought both of these were really nice, nice little pieces of business to get actually legitimate second-round picks, not like far-off protected, top 55 protected shit like... They were real picks for this year, 2021, both from the Warriors and the Grizzlies, so probably both in the mid-40s, which is not too bad. Um, might be like 41 to 43 range, which is kind of nice, depending on how the playoffs shake out for those teams. Um, what were your thoughts on these deals? Obviously, you're much sadder to lose one of these guys than the other. Uh, before, <laughs> shocking that the Kings, the team that still employs Luke Walton as their head coach, were okay taking on Terrence Davis. Um, surprised they ended up getting a second for Matt Thomas, given how he's played. Uh, what were your thoughts on these two deals? Yeah, I don't have any real complaints about them. Again, you know, I'll say in terms of the roster imbalance, a center would have been nice, but uh, I'm not complaining about a second-round pick. And Again, the, the Raptors have tipped their hand a little bit in terms of how they viewed this trade deadline and uh, what they were looking to accomplish and flexibility and the future is obviously uh, what they've got at the forefront. And so I I have no complaints about picking up a couple of second round picks for Matt Thomas and Terrence Davis. Yep. Hard to have any complaints. Um, And look, that's extra stuff you can use as sweetener on a draft night trade or something like that too. Um, or you just get a couple extra guys to infuse the system with. You didn't get a first-round pick, but you have your own first-round pick. You've got those two picks. You'll get to throw them in Summer League, assuming Summer League happens this year, which I think it's probably on track to happen, considering America's doing okay with the vaccine. Um, and, you know, or maybe you flip those two seconds and move up into the late third or something, or late first or something like that. Um, there's a possibility for that as well. You know, teams that are in the 28, 29, 30 range are often looking to trade back and maybe get a couple extra things here and there. Um, so, yeah, th- th- there's never anything bad about having extra seconds around. You know, they're not necessarily the most valuable things, but they're always nice to just throw in as a sweetener to something uh, or to use yourself. And as the Raptors attempt to replenish their ranks and, you know, fill in what has been, you know, a a bit of a a lull in developmental prospects and G League talent that they've had, it's not not a bad thing to have. And it's a deep draft, Mm -hmm. too. It's a very good draft. And there could be some nice players in the early 40s there. And that also uh, doesn't they also have their own second round pick. Oh, wait, no, they don't have their own second round pick. That's a lie. They don't have their own. So (laughs) it replenishes the one they lost with one that will be in the similar range to what they'll be in and then adds another. So nothing to complain about there. Do you have any favorite Matt Thomas moments with the Toronto Raptors? Favorite Matt Thomas uh, moment. I guess when he was on O'Shea Brissett's uh, vlog <laughs> and picked up the Toronto man slang, I, I, I think that was a classic. Uh, who, who threw the alley-oop? Oh, God. I've, I think it was Surge, no? It was Surge to Matt Thomas, right? And, yeah, Alex Wong <laughs> just lost his damn mind. I remember sitting so, on press row with him when that happened. It was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And then I think I think the bubble was really cool when, when him and Chris Boucher went off against the Bucks. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was really fun. 
So, in a, yeah, I, I think that'll probably be my top three. I, I feel like I might be missing an obvious one, but I'll let you tell me. There was a big game. It might have been the game where Kyle tried to dribble through George Hill's legs, where Thomas came in in the second quarter and hit, like, three threes right he away. He did hit a couple of big shots, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, just to, like, get them... Get get their offense going again. Yeah, that was the Matt Thomas way. Uh, you know, run around like a chicken with your head cut off on defense. Hit a couple threes. Yeah. Uh, I do miss. I will definitely miss the step in leaners off glass from eighteen feet that were basically money every single time. Um, I will not miss him not being like a good defensive player, and also I will not miss the entire Raptors offense becoming about Matt Thomas whenever he would come into the game. Seemed a little bit counterproductive, but he was a fun, quirky little player. Uh, I'm apologies or uh, I guess condolences to Nick Nurse for losing an Iowa boy, but uh, as I guess Nurse is the only Iowa boy left. Oh, Brittany Donaldson's uh, Brittany also from Brittany's. yeah, that's right, also from Iowa. So it's just Nurse and Brittany holding it down for Iowa now, unless they go and sign Melvin Edgem uh, <laughs> 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 or something like that. Luca Gartha from the. Uh, from the Iowa Buck- uh, Hawkeyes, Buckeyes, Hawkeyes, Hawkeyes. I'm gonna leave that to you. Yeah, I think it's the Hawkeyes. <laughs> Co- college basketball. Don't care. Um, <laughs> lastly, uh, look, we're not gonna say goodbye to Terrence Davis. Uh, good riddance. You know, it was nice last year when he was a second team all rookie. Everything didn't matter after that, and glad that is done, hanging over everybody's heads. Um, but uh, what was the last thing? Oh couple of roster spots left they have 15 guys on the roster as of today as of time of recording on thursday maybe they've done something already by the time this comes out but uh any preferences of what the raptors do with those couple roster spots to round out the roster uh for the third time on this podcast a center would be nice <laughs> <laughs> no but besides that you know the one thing i will say with these roster spots opening up that's what made you more nervous, right? That like all of a sudden, the oh shit and bricks, man! And, Absolutely shit and bricks. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, here we go. And I was almost more nervous after three p.m. for like those five ten minutes before the Woj tweet came out mm-hmm. saying that hey, Lowry is going to remain with the Raptors mm-hmm. because I was like, okay, they created the roster spots and it's a lot of quiet right now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it just felt like. Something was about to drop. It did but, almost hey. feel like uh, in the off season when the JaVale McGee to the Cavs trade happened, and you're like, oh, no. This means yeah. Gasol is signing, and then exactly. also Baines is signing, even though Baines was kind of exciting at the time. Wild. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it had that feeling for for sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, besides that, I mean, we'll see. Maybe... Uh, maybe Masai and Bobby have something cooked up that we don't know about, well, whether it's someone they've seen in the G League. Maybe it's more off-season work. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Gary Payton the second, Go get him. Mm-hmm. And uh, also go get Alizé Johnson, who uh, had like 23-15 and 15 in his first game for the Nets, almost all in garbage time, but still. Uh, it would make Kelsey O'Brien happy, so it makes me happy if that's the case too. Uh, someone who could shoot would be nice as well, I suppose, off the bench. But, uh, you know, at this point, Paul Watson's hitting all the threes anyway. So what do you need a shooter for? There you go. Yeah. New new Matt Thomas, except he's tall and can actually uh, get the shot off. It's, it's a nice thing. Um, anyway, that feels like we've covered the deadline pretty well here, man. It was eventful. Not in the way that we're used to, but it certainly was eventful and entertaining and 
The intrigue was kept up throughout the entire day until well after the buzzer. But uh, glad we could get together and talk it all out, man. I think things overall... Oh, let's let's wrap it up with this very quickly. Like, scale of 1 to 10. Uh, how do you feel the Raptors did at this deadline compared to your expectations? It's tough to say because the offseason will obviously have some ramifications as well. Yeah, yeah, it's tough to say because they've the main thing they've done is create the flexibility. If if Kyle does indeed walk in the off season, so for now I'll give it a six, and then depending on what comes of the off season, we'll really be able to evaluate whether it goes higher than that. Yeah, maybe even lower. That's fair. I think I'll probably go inch court closer to like a seven, seven and a half, just because keeping Lowry was what I wanted out of the deadline, and they did that. So. Mm-hmm. I got no complaints. And the Norm thing, yeah, it's it's a bummer to lose Norm, but like we've talked about with Trent, it's a reasonable move to get a guy who can hopefully be a reasonable facsimile of Norm one day or right away. Anyway, that feels like a good place to leave it. Big V, thanks so much for coming on, man. Do you have anything you would like to promote? I don't really have anything to promote. I have my usual stuff uh, with cbc and complex and you can check out north courts but i i do want to you know i don't know if i'll be on the episode for the uh norman powell tribute so i just want to say man norman powell is a real one he was awesome in toronto another guy that like really embraced the city did so much for the community and really represented so I wish him nothing but success. Like since I started covering the the team, like he was easily one of my favorite players to talk to. Yep. Always honest, always um, friendly, and so I have nothing but appreciation for him. It was also the guy who was going to convince Kawhi to stay for a while because of San Diego State. Uh, <laughs> he was like a good version of Jarrett Jack and Grievous Vasquez as a star recruiter. Um, that of course ended up failing, but that's fine. Uh, yeah, Norm's great, man. Norm's a real one. Gonna miss him. And uh, my hope is that Corbin Smith, friend of the podcast, uh, on his many walks throughout the Portland area, taking photos of dogs at the dog park, comes across Apollo and Odin one day and uh, posts those pictures on my Instagram. That's all I want is Corbin Smith's IG also posting Apollo and Odin photos in addition to Norman Powell. Uh, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Locker Room, 2.30 Friday. Myself, Big V, Katie, talking deadline and uh, reminiscing about Norm, I would imagine, among other things. Hope you can pop in there. And thank you so much. We'll talk to you again with a special episode on Saturday with Mike Richmond of Locked On Raptors. Bye-bye. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free.
That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 